Oh, hello. Can you hear me? Hi, Victoria. How are you? Fine. Hi. Hi. We're so happy to have you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. All right. So thank you, Victoria, for joining us. I'm still the seat for Body and Brilliance. Um, we can get started with you. Tell us a little bit about you um, and your business. Yes. Uh, I also love that tagline. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love that. I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to use that for myself. But, mm -hmm. yeah, so my name is Victoria Roby. I own a company called The Natural Market, soon to be Nave Aromatics. And pretty much, we sell bath and body products. I got started as the natural hair market. I was one of the premier natural hair suppliers in Detroit, but soon afterwards, started um, the natural market. And now we're Nave Aromatics because we're focusing mostly on bath and body. Okay. So that's um, important to talk to us a little bit about your transition. How did you transition from hair into um, bath and body? How did I transition? Pretty much, um, I never like started out my um, my trunk. Like I've always had a store, and when I opened up after I graduated from college. I opened up a store and I thought that oh, I was looking for my headphones, excuse me, but I cannot find them right now. So that's okay. Um, I thought that natural hair was just this big thing. It was such a big movement. However, the internet was still not as easy as it was before. And women, particularly women of color that had natural hair, they there was no aisles you know in the regular store so there was no way for us to touch feel smell the products get a try for them so way back when I would go from state to state and pick up all these natural hair products and bring them back to Detroit I'm talking about like ladies that made things out of their kitchen things like that I would take them bring them back to Detroit and that's how I started the natural hair move I mean the natural hair market it was in the midst of the natural hair movement because I wanted you know women of color just to reclaim who they were and try different things that would suit their hair that had changed because the city was changing um you know Detroit is primarily black however with the new demographic, new construction, things like that, I had to kind of switch things up just a little bit in order for me to stay in business. In addition to that, as natural hair popularized, it was harder to get orders. Things just got a little bit more difficult. So I switched up. I, I was still buying products from women. I mean, I just switched from like, you know, just natural hair products to like candles and different things that I thought would meet downtown because where my store was, it was a little 130 foot store, but we were near apartments and things like that. Um, so with that being said, it did sell. However, I 
in order for me to stay in business, I had to start making things myself. So that's what I did. Okay. And um, of course, so you did have to do that pivot in business. Um, so what was that like for you? Like to go from, you know, which I think is amazing going to find these other women's products and bring it to people. Um, that was an amazing concept. So kudos for that. But how did it make you feel to go from, I guess, promoting and selling other people's items to actually doing your own? What was that like? It was definitely super stressful because vendors would fight for like show space and as things got more expensive. I initially had a job when I first started. I had like five jobs, actually. I just graduated from undergrad. I had my, you know, my first job. And so the savings was pretty plentiful. Um, The switch what forced me really to switch was like pretty much going bankrupt for the first time in business. Such a shocking thing, but I knew this is something that I wanted to do when I first started going full time. So that's what made me switch. It was definitely very stressful. It's nothing. Initially, when you start business, you think, oh, this is going to be fun. Everybody's going to want my product be this beautiful experience it turned out that that was only about 65 percent of the truth Mm -hmm. so it was definitely stressful but i knew that i was touching the community my space my store space was not just somewhere you just shop get your stuff and leave we had all types of different discussions the the whole block the block that i was on our whole row was full of entrepreneurs african-american of color we were in a place in Detroit called the Black Bottom, well, at least around that area, like the outskirts of historically Black community called the Black Bottom. So it was just this big experience. You know, we have such a diverse musical history in Detroit, a lot of hip hop people, just a lot of different people could go and they felt like they were getting a, a part of Detroit that really fit their soul, not just this oh there's shootings or there's all these negative things happen it was just really this cultural space that you can meet you could talk to the neighbors we could talk for three or four hours i would let artists do their artwork in my store and sell for free we would have concerts outside runways it was a beautiful thing i remember i did one big uh launch with a company called my brown box mm-hmm. it was so Many ladies came out with their natural hair, all the colors, all the fun, all the love. It was like definitely a tear-worthy experience, and it was super beautiful. So I think my, even though what kept me in business during those stressful times was not only the, uh, the ability to pivot and upgrade and do something different, but like my, I, I had a really, really heavy anchor in the community, so people supported me. Um, along the way, along with my own personal like resilience. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's beautiful. But um, like you said, we do know like we expect business to be this beautiful thing all the time, and it's not. So, um, what are some ways that you stay motivated? You know, from a professional standpoint, and we all know as entrepreneurs that can sometimes our professional um, woes can kind of go into our personal as well so if you could tell us a little bit about how you stay motivated both professionally and personally um number my number one motivation is definitely God 
I can't do anything. I am just a praying sister. I get that from my uh my grandmother. I get that from you know, just my family in general. Just stay and people. I am definitely one of those business loners. So it's not that I had an abundance of friends around or anything like that, but definitely praying. I mean, I'm praying hard. I would just pray so hard and I would be like, oh my God, please use me. Please use me. What do you want me to do next? What can I do to help serve the community? So it was just my strong revolutionary roots to serve the black community and, you know, my prayer in God that really kept me going. And just evidence around me, too, because I'm definitely more, you know, spiritual, Christian-based. So, like, evidence all around me that would keep me going because it was definitely hard. Like, when I switched from the natural hair market to the natural market, I had a job. And I'm, like, thinking every, I had several jobs. I had, like, five jobs. It was ridiculous how much. I don't know. That's a whole nother story. My background is in marketing, by the way. So I did the auto show. I worked for a Bell's Bondsman. I worked for a casino. Um, I also did other independent contract work. So it was just checks rolling in. So I I didn't have a budget. It's just like, I want to do this thing and I'm going to do it. And if I don't do it, I'm not going to get started. And when I first leased the building, I was like, oh God, please send me a sign. And then like this white bird just flew. And I was like, oh, I'm doing it. I didn't tell anybody. I just got it done. But the the strongest, the golden thread of the motivation was definitely to, you know, serve the community, really help them with whatever they needed. Initially, it like transitions. And I tell people that the business that you have is definitely going to, if it's purpose driven. I mean, I was never, I never started for the money. It was always like a purpose driven thing. I'm quite a loner. An outgoing loner, extroverted introvert has always been that purpose to help people. Initially, it was like help the black community. Then you you meet so many people that ride on your same vibration, ride on your same rhythm that is like, okay, now it's help people and help people. Then you get to your soul family and all these different people here. But definitely the number one motivation was to bring something to people of color that could create like a legacy because you look at when you start studying the people before you in whatever fashion and you study all your ancestors it's like I owe this to us to do this Mm -hmm. and I just want to be an example of greatness and that's literally what kept me and Jesus we was just (laughs) we was on that midnight chain of Georgia so I was that's just it keep me going to this day to really you know stay motivated and um keep going because it is definitely one of the hardest things you want to do if you are an actual like entrepreneur not just the person who has a side hustle um I'm talking about go all in the stuff that they tell you not to do today which is no plan b I did the exact opposite I mean have a plan b like oh you can work your nine to five. Nope. That was not me. I went all in. I quit everything. I didn't renew my contract. My friend had got me a a job at this huge thing. I don't know if I can say the name, but she got me a job there and I did not renew my contract and I kept going. So yeah. 
That's amazing to, um, you know, be dedicated to your roots and your purpose and, you know, be able to walk away from big contracts to go into the, you know, the struggles and the woes, the beauty and the amazement of um, entrepreneurship. So that, yeah, that's super amazing. What advice would you give someone who wanted to start, you know, being an entrepreneur? What are some things that you think they should look out for? Uh, what advice would you give? And maybe even particular to, you know, creating bath and body products, some things that you've done, some things you stayed away from. The biggest thing I would say as far as advice is concerned is to, number one, uh, pay an expert to learn. Uh, when I transitioned, how did I get into from hair to Bath and Body? I was strictly retail when it came to hair. And I think I think that's what was one of my points as well. When I went from having a nine to five or side hustle to the big thing as far as the natural market, I was completely broke. I went to get some money out of my account. It was negative $30, you know, and I was just like, oh, this is it. And so with that being said, I borrowed a small amount for my sister, like $50, and I started making butters. That's how I got into the natural market. With There was another woman, another girl my age, beautiful. Her name was uh, Bernita, and she owned a candle company. And there's also a, a huge, I mean, this lady's beautiful. Her name is Shannon. She owns another company called Bath Savvy. I started buying from them, asking them questions, reading about it, and paying experts. I did that. That helped me get into the game as a person that makes bath and body products, did a lot of research, and then I just simply started emailing my competition. And I would ask them, like, okay, what did you get this? What did you get that? What did you get this? And um, I would say that would be another advice for people of color is, you know, don't be afraid to give the information. In addition to that, your competition is like not your enemy. You know, it's not like you can't, you know, tell them different things. And also learning the industry terminology, because I've went through several logo changes and when you really get into buying in bulk and manufacturing, you need to learn the terminology of what you're getting done, even when it comes to store build outs and leases, because I've had four locations like you need to know what you want and what you're saying. Like, for instance, there could be a label and you're like, oh, this label is gold and it's shiny and it's pretty. Well, OK, if you want 10,000 of those done, then when you go to the manufacturer, it's like, OK, what you you want? vinyl stickers or you want hot hot foil or cold foil and this that could really be the difference between one thousand dollars you're spending and ten thousand dollars so uh, like knowing the industry knowledge don't be afraid to ask your competition and pay an expert of the things that you don't know don't think that you could do everything yourself that's another thing that saved me i was willing to invest in myself like i talked to a lot of people who want to get into bath and body there's two types of people a lot of them will not pay they want to seep you for free information and then they think that they can take what you've done and improve on it but they don't understand if I whatever I'm asking you to pay me 
is way less than the amount of money you're going to make the mistakes. So let's say somebody's like, oh, can I come in and you teach me how to make candles for a day? I used to do it for free. I can't anymore. Okay, give me a hundred bucks. Uh, I can't do that. Then they'll start their own line. But then, you know, you're going to make mistakes. So you're going to mess up more than a hundred dollars worth of products. Mm-hmm. Thousands of dollars you're going to make the mistakes versus being with an expert that you can touch have some reverence for it and get the actual knowledge that you need that you can call anytime. Usually people that you could directly contact when it comes to certain industry things and you pay them for their information, you can get one or two questions out after your like consultation. So I have a majority of people do not pay. I would say about 80% of the people think they could do it themselves. Then I have some people that paid and they're doing fabulous. So you definitely want to pay an expert and don't be afraid to spend money either. Like when people say, oh, who did your logo? My logo is super simple. That logo was $2,500. But the process was seamless. The service was seamless. And I have every format that I need and I can still contact my designer. So you have to be willing to spend the money on yourself and your business and know how much things are going to cost you as well. I think that's great advice. Um, definitely um, the breakdown of paying an expert to teach you. And yes, you we all spend thousands of dollars, waste thousands of dollars um, as we learn to do these things. So I think that's a great point to bring up that you could just pay somebody $100, $200 to teach you and you're you know, saving yourself so much money. So I really appreciate you saying that. That was a great point. Um, do you have any opportunities that are coming up? I know that you're going through, um, you said like a name change. Um, can you tell us about a little bit more about, you know, your upcoming goals and business um, avenues? Definitely. So I've been spreading out like a little bit more because after how long I've been doing this, like 12 years, it gets a lot. And you're, the more customers you get, the less service you can have to each customer. So I service by myself thousands of people, which is hard. The transition is so that we can give a lot of people think the natural market was an actual market because I actually did want to be a market. I switched that idea and now I want to go to Nave Aromatics because I found my sweet spot, which is it's something that's kind of what's the word um vague but it also describes the products luckily for me i um i started my business before instagram before what you would call the internet or social media today i was i started when you actually and it's still i'm still a millennial but when you had to go get your customers so the new things that are coming up is definitely the switch we want to do more marketing And we're trying to position ourselves to be in more like boutique hotels and maybe some stores. I'm actually very strict about that. A lot of times people will have a certain vision for you or they'll think you would do better a certain way. Like when I was the natural hair market and I switched to the natural market, everybody wanted me to be in Whole Foods. They saw a different vision for my brand and what I've seen because through my research, I knew what it took to get into these stores and how it would affect your products. So mm-hmm. with me, this I never wanted to do that. 
I never wanted to be a company where I just grew my following and then I pushed so hard to be in like Target and Walmart and all these different places because I always wanted to touch my customers. I always wanted to keep control of supply chain and have a very small knit type of market. So with the name change, what it's going to do is better define the natural market going through a rebrand and also touch a different customer, neutralize the customers. I think one of the things that um, I would say I face as a business owner, and in, in, I, I don't know if a lot of people will talk about this, is being a woman of color. And sometimes you're so close. There's a saying, it says, when people know that you are flawed like them, they'll try to prove that they're better than you. And everything when it comes to color is so magnified. So there have definitely been times where they say, oh, she's a 22 year old woman. She has all this stuff and it definitely bring, it breeds like a lot of jealousy, especially when it comes to like our community. And when I first started, I thought that you know, everybody would support. But there's also another saying that the trees were relieved when they saw that the actors have wood. So all skin folk and kin folk. So you want to, you have to go outside of your demographics sometimes because if the people that you are going for aren't supporting you, you have to make that pivot. And that's what happened to me because consumer behavior is so transient. If you do something that they don't like, or if you stand for something that people are scared to get behind, then people are going to search for something a little bit more more neutral that's going to fit them. For instance, for me, I am definitely like, you know, blackity, black, black revolutionary, you know, we're going to do this. I don't care what people say. I don't care what we think. More like a disruptor, like, you know, how Cardi B would say random things that somebody may feel that is like, you know, kind of jarring. It may get her in trouble, but it was the truth. So one of the things that we do at the natural market is we are natural, not neutral. So if we go for certain things and that's just going to naturally push some people away. So the name change is going to further define the brand. We can recreate a story that all people can adhere to. And we, we're going to make sure that it's a refresh of the customer service and that it doesn't feel like you're directly speaking to me all the time because some customers are so used to me. They've been following me over the decade that they're like, okay, who is this new person? Where is Victoria? So the new name will, will help rebrand and refresh things where you still feel that closeness. I'm still doing everything, but certain uh, like uh, activities and certain things another person can do like handling the DMs and a small part of the fulfillment. I'm not ready to let go of the process of actually making the sense or even blending certain things. I still create master blacks, excuse me, master blends for people to just fill in, but it's I'm slowly unraveling the, the, the control I have over the blend because I really want people to get the best thing possible. But sometimes when you have so many customers, you don't want to diminish the quality. It can only go so far. So you have to bring in people to help you. So Nave Aromatics is going to touch a different customer base. And it allows me to kind of sit back and take a break because I definitely work so hard that I am a person 
that they warn you against. And it's like, you don't want to be burned out. I am a person that has suffered from burnout. And it's no joke when you work so hard and you're using so much masculine energy to kind of cross over to the other side that your body literally sits you down like, no, mm -mm. and your customer service then suffers and people are not happy. I don't want to come on, you know, the interview and say, oh, no, we're great. And this is what we're doing. It's definitely things that you have to do as a business owner that a lot of people aren't going to get. And a lot of times just owning a business is so glamorized because you they people assume you have all this freedom. You get to live this luxurious lifestyle. And that sometimes can be farther from the truth. I mean, if you're actually getting outside investments, then yeah, like, you know, if a company does get a loan on a purchase order or if they get uh, investors, then it will allow that different, that space for you to breathe. But if you're a business like me where we still hunt what we eat and we kill it, it's a whole different grind. And even though it is fun, it has its beautiful moments, you really have to have a purpose behind it. You can't think that, you know, you could just sell lashes and that's it. And now you balling though. I'm not saying anything's wrong with people who sell lashes, but you, you, the cliche things, you have to have it. Like you have to have a passion. For me, the reason why I survived was definitely having a passion for people, the advancement of people and to be an example to people of color and to create a legacy within our community because you know our ancestors the people that have built these sets for us you know they're slowly fading away and it takes a person like me and you and other people to pass that baton and keep it going and it's worthy of support and it doesn't have to be this huge thing like oh no she she doesn't have a hundred million followers but we don't know if that's good or not I think that we shouldn't be validated by what it looks like. It should be validated by what it feels like and if it's authentic. So that's another thing that I try to do. For me, I want to build also a business where it's like you can actually build a business and not be all in the spotlight. You don't have to be popular. You don't have to be on the cover of Essence and all in the videos and the commercials in order for you to make a, a good living. I think a lot of young people think that you have to be popular in order for it to have purpose and in order for it to be good. And that's not the truth. I don't, I think it's, I go like the opposite. Like I don't want to be seen. I don't want that. I want a good product that you could go to and really get some healing from. So I always tell people that they're like, well, this person sold out in 90 minutes. That's a big thing. I have a lot of young girls that are like, oh, I'm not popular. Why? And I want to be big like you. And I want 11,000 followers. I'm like, girl, you remember, I started my business before the internet, number one. And number two, it's cute to say that you sold out in 90,000 minutes, but you have to look at, I mean, it's cute that you sold out in 90 minutes or you doing this or you got a range over all these things, but at the end of the day, the person that's in business has more meat. Yes, that's cute and everything, but what about them taxes? They're not showing you that IRS bill. 
Okay, a Range Rover. Okay, whose name it is it is it in? So I'm a person that's disruptive in that honest way to show people the truth because we compare ourselves to people on the internet. But even as a business, if you base everything off of social media, the internet constantly putting out um, content, you don't own your customer. Like you got these consume these transient people that only mess with you when they feel like it. And that to me, that's not a good business structure is to build a, some online following and then try to snatch these little people like flies. I have a relationship with every single one of my customers. That's why they're so like addicted to me. And I am the algorithm. So we get full size samples with our online orders. In addition to that, I know each customer, I've, you know, they've been shopping with me for so long. If, Kelly, if she orders strawberry, then I know, okay, I made a new scent this month. Um, she's going to like this lemon pound cake. So it's all about knowing your customers, how to treat them and things like that. I just am not a fan of people just focusing so much on the internet. It's like, then if, if you know, Instagram started charging a hundred dollars a day, then what? You're shut down. And I even predicted that the algorithm wouldn't be in chronological order anymore. Cause I'm so, I'm, you know, I'm weird on the side too, but like the things actually happen. So I tell people now go own your customer and do the hard work. Everything is not easy. Reach out and touch people. When I moved four times after my third bankruptcy, not actual bankruptcy, but just going broke for the third or fourth time, I went out, I touched my customer. I talked to my customer. I know it's kind of hard now with the 19 going on, but I still, hey, you want a sample? I still do a random act of kindness. I still send people. I'm like that auntie that, uh, you know, it's like that cool, rich auntie. Like, I'm always sending people random gifts, like, to the point that people are like, I'm in college. Could you not send me any more candles? Thank you. They're going to kick me out of here. So I just want young people to continue to have a bigger purpose, study your ancestors, study the past, and, and think about being a leader and not trying to be a hot girl and be cool and be sexy and show yourself remain feminine you know and my products are these totems that help you romanticize your life mm -hmm. because life is a blessing every day you wake up even if you don't feel like it so that's what I sell they're the highest of quality it's still small batch but it's going to work now the problem right now is just the service and I have you know, the Lord had told me you have you can't mismanage people's expectations. If your customer don't feel the pressure, especially for anybody else who's doing online, you feel the pressure to be like Amazon, get them their stuff the next day. But now I, I'm like, you know what, Lord, you're right. He was like, don't mismanage people's expectations. Be authentic. Be true to yourself. Be real with yourself. When are people going to get their stuff? Then they can wait. But if you say you can get it in two days and it comes two months later that's going to piss people off so you might want to be realistic and people are willing to wait and always give that excellent customer service i mean i love my product so much i would give it away for free so i want to also give them that fulfilling thing too and that's another reason why i changed the name because sometimes I, i'm so excited you know i'm like here girl you can have this and i need people to hold my hand and tell me no because i'm such a giver i would give my life away just for somebody to smile so I'm getting better with that, you know? <laughs> I have the same problem, I know. Yes. 
Oh, that was wonderful. Um, amazing. Um, Kim, because she dropped. So um, that was beautiful. Um, so I know more people are going to want to know how to get in contact with you. So can you please um, tell us your social media handles? Yes. So you can call me. Well, mostly text. Uh, through you can still I'm not I don't, I'm not good with email but it's 313-915-0533 my name is Victoria Roby you can definitely text me which is best and then you can follow at Nave Aromatics that's new it's literally nothing on the page until I do what I got to do with it and then the biggest one is at the natural market but text me is kind of better or if you could direct message me personally at Victoria Roby because sometimes other people handle my DMs but you don't know if it's me like you know so yeah you can call, contact me that way with any advice and I would definitely send an email because other people are handling I'm learning to delegate to navearomatics at gmail.com to get on the monthly VIP list because we don't just send you a cute email and some pictures. You get actual products on a monthly basis. So we lead by sample and they aromatic slash the natural market. So you get stuff. It's not a normal mailing list. So I'll definitely, I try to encourage people to get on the VIP list and uh, take action, you know, that's it. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm like, I love this interview. Um, can you give us a one B word that describes you and what that word means to you? Oh, a B word. Oh, oh my God. What? <laughs> oh my God, I'm looking for a B word. I'm looking for a B word. Um, oh my God. Dang. I don't know. It's question so I don't I don't send it over so oh my god let's see it's like a fun exercise okay <laughs> let me see words that start with the b that are me mm, Victoria I'm so much though that's the thing mm -hmm. mm. badass am I a badass I'm like a good ass I'm like a badass in a nice way though like, it's like a good ass, but like a bad ass. <laughs> I would say that. I would say that. I would say maybe that's me. Because I don't want to do like, oh, I'm beautiful or anything like that. No, I think more of like a badass. And I'm definitely a believer. Yeah, I would say I'm a believer. I'm a believer. I'm a believing badass. <laughs> I love it. You know, I'm a believing badass. You know, I just believe in the goodness. You can do things. I believe in people. I believe in, like, the goodness of humanity just in, like, a badass way. Um, I recently learned that my feminine archetype is sage. So I got a little spice in me, but just enough ghetto to keep me going. It's not too, it's a, it's a nice little balance mixing. So I would say definitely that, like a believer. I believe in people. And that's what's definitely helped me believing in people, believing in the community, believing in myself and how I can help. So that's the me. 
That's amazing. And do you have any shout outs that you want to do for the show? Um, just the people, you and the people. Now, my mom, my sisters, I love my sisters. They're the ones that I could go to for loans when I run out of gas. Um, definitely my family, Detroit and the entire like community. Uh, I just love everybody, you know, I have love for everybody. So shout out to the entire world. Keep going. Thank you so much. I really love this exchange. It was very beautiful. Um, And, you know, I, I, I love all the gems you dropped and it was like talking to myself like hearing myself speak a lot. So I really resonated with this. So I really want to thank you so, so much. And I definitely will be keeping in touch with you and any ways that you uh, would like to collaborate with Brown Girl Purple Lips. We are all here for that. So please um, don't be a stranger. Um, reach out. I will definitely be keeping up with you and as you grow and everything that you're doing. So um, again, we really just appreciate you coming and you know, sharing your brilliance with us. Yeah, definitely. I was already looking for your thank you gift. I'm I'm like on the hunt for like a purple box. I was going to get a cute purple box and fill it up with like purple. It's going to be purple. But I want it to be the right shade of purple. So I've, I've already been looking for that to send you. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to see you grow as well. Like all the sponsorships and the dough come in. I can't wait. Thank you so much. Yes, we we're waiting, but it's it's a good way. It's the growth. It's the process, and I I just learn and to you know, like you said, be a believer, um, and believing in myself and believing in others and these collaborations and relationship building that I'm making. It makes everything so uh, worthwhile and beautiful. So yes, and I definitely want to. Um, do a ad sponsorship for our digital magazines for you all. Um, so I'll send you an email about that and um, you can send me over your logo and we'll put it in the May issue. Yeah, definitely. I think it's going to be like super huge too. And I'm glad I read, I don't even know how I ran into but I was like, oh, that's so crazy because I wear purple lips. My number one lipstick, which is discontinued, is OH. Lady by Mac. I wear it every single day. It's a thing for me. It's a whole crown shocker experience. So, yeah. yes, I love it. Brown girls and purple lips. Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And like I said, I'll be in touch. Um, so, um, we are just so grateful for you. Have a great day. Oh, yes, you too as well. Thank you. Bye.